When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Viking Stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. Maybe we should just replay the Joe Buck interview. How about that? Can we just can we just cue up the Joe Buck interview again here, boys, and call it a night? Poor Joe Buck had to watch this thing. Dude, him and he Hickman had to were, actually sit yeah. through this. I mean, they they must have been apoplectic. They were sitting there about halfway through the first quarter, wondering why didn't ESPN executives flex this game two weeks ago? We suggested that. No, I think Purple uh, Daily was on top of that. Uh, Judd's in a noisy press box, and uh, we'll be reporting live here from US Bank Stadium after just a putrid loss to the Chicago Bears in front of a national audience. This is Vikings Vent Line, by the way, the most fan-friendly, interactive show in all of Minnesota sports on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, where we will turn this into a therapy session for you guys. Uh, We'll get to you guys here in just a couple minutes to express your thoughts on this garbage football game. If you'd like to get on the show, as always, send an email to vikingsventline at gmail.com, and our guy Declan will get as many people in here as possible over the next hour and change. Just keep it clean, okay, especially tonight. Don't get us fired. That's pretty much the only request. We have on this show, um, man. I mean, let's throw it out to Judd here just for your initial take on this game for a while. Like as, cause I think I'm the chef for the pie chart of whatever it was going to be for tomorrow. And I had like simultaneous pie charts going. And after the Vikings scored that touchdown, I'm like, man, I might have to give my entire pie to just the bears for being idiots. How for a while I was like, how is this game close? Even it's you know, four turnovers. And then the Vikings come back and take the lead and then get conservative. So I guess what was your overall takeaway from watching the Vikings absolutely piss this game away tonight? Oh, my God. I mean, where where do I start? But it's short and simple. This was an absolutely atrocious loss. It was an atrocious football game. Being forced to watch this game, I mean, it was absolutely awful. I guess my main talking point is this, and we we can certainly expand on this tomorrow, but um, I think you now have a decision to make in your bye week who's going to be your starting quarterback against the Raiders. Uh, coming out of the bye, I think, I, I mean, Josh Dobbs threw four picks, and I know, like, one was tipped by Addison, but he threw four picks. He really should have had five. A Bears cornerback, um, uh, I believe, it was in the first half, dropped what would have been a sure pick six. We are now seeing the Josh Dobbs turnover problems in full, and you know what? Um, it appeared, and I saw this tweeted, and we talked about this last week, but tonight it crystallized. It appeared that when Josh Dobbs was sort of freelancing Kevin O'Connell's offense, and it was sort of 
loosey-goosey, for lack of a better term, that it worked okay. But the more that they try to turn him into a, and, and, and I don't blame them, but I mean, the more that they try to turn him into a quarterback pocket yeah. passer, it's a disaster. I, I would not be surprised if Nick Mullins is this team's starting quarterback when they come back from the bye against the Raiders in Las Vegas. Yeah, I guess my one of my main, t- well, two takeaways. Yeah, that was one of the worst quarterback performances you will ever see in a National Football League game. Also on the Kevin O'Connell front, and we can expand more on this throughout the show and on our hottest Vikings takes tomorrow. I kind of got on you last week because you, you put 40% of the pie chart of blame for that Denver loss on Kevin O'Connell. I was like, I mean, Judd, like, ah, he's working he's working without Justin Jefferson. He's working with Josh Dobbs off the street. You know, they've had back-to-back games with almost 400 total yards of offense. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he was perfect. Tonight, Kevin O'Connell was awful. So, I mean... I don't know how you compare this to the Broncos coaching performance, but I have a laundry list of things that if you could go back, what are you thinking? Starting with, you've got this mobile quarterback. He runs all over the place. He came in a couple weeks ago. He had the second most rushing yards of any quarterback behind Lamar Jackson, right? How does that dude have two rushing attempts in this game? Two. Two? Two That's rushing the, attempts? Yeah. But that's the point is he they want him to be like, it's like, well, you know, the offense now, Josh, become a quarterback. And it's like, that's not why he thrived. And if that's what you want, then you probably should start Mullins in Vegas, because like, yeah, if you're going to ask Josh Dobbs to be just a sort of traditional pocket passer who occasionally runs, he shouldn't be starting. That's the thing. And yeah, it's almost like O'Connell has now gotten Dobbs what he considers to be in his system and that this in no way shape or form is what led to success against the Falcons or the Saints so yeah I I agree this is not workable this is a bad idea now yeah I I have a hot take that that, that's crafted we're kind of dancing around it too right now but this was mine's written mine's written for tomorrow (laughs) mine's written down I think it's pretty clear I mean they're gonna have to bench Josh Dobbs right don't spoil that. Don't spoil the hottest Vikings takes. Well, I think I think the I think the people who stayed up late deserve that's not a the hot truth, take, which is benching Josh yeah. Dobbs is not a hot take. They're, yeah, they're by, going by to the have way, to that's not him. that's not my hot take, and that's I don't think that qualifies as a hot take. Spoiler: It has nothing to do with benching Josh. Yeah, Dobbs. if anyone um, the the bar for hottest Vikings take tomorrow has to be somewhere above Josh Dobbs deserves to be fire benched. Kevin O'Connell. That's yeah. that would be a hot take. I yeah, saw that's a lot not of that, what dude. I'm going to. That's not what I'm going to say, but. <laughs> Um, hey, before we uh, turn the show over to listeners here, you know, the only thing that got Maya Mackey through this game tonight was Nutrisource. The only thing. She loves Nutrisource chicken and rice, and she was, just, she was just sort of like emotionally eating food watching that game tonight. Fell asleep at one point, ate some more dinner. Nutrisource is the official dog and pet food of Vikings Ventline and Purple Daily, gentlemen. 100%. And in, in fact, before I left uh, tonight for the stadium at 4 o'clock, guess who got the early blue plate Nutrisource special? Stella did, because I'm D- like, I got D- a few Because he had some Mom's time Mom's not his home. Hands. No, that was absolutely fine with that. I was thrilled. Um, but I'm driving. But, you know, I'm like, I'm going to leave. Dawn's not go- going to be home until like 6 o'clock. She ordinarily eats at 5. What should we do? And Stella told me right away, you know what we should do? Pop, 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 get me some of that Nutrisource in that bowl right now. And I said, of course I will, honey, because I know how much you love Nutrisource. Yeah, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. Okay, Declan, who's first out of the gate here on Vikings Ventline Purple Daily YouTube channel? All right, let, let's throw things off to Jimmy here. Jimmy, what's up, man? Welcome back to Ventline. 
Great to be back, guys. There's two things that I'll say first. First of all, Kevin O'Connell, seeing his play calling arc, it's like one of those really sad literature novels where the main character just doesn't make any sort of improvements and finishes off the same way that they start off. His play calling after we recovered the fumble and had a, a chance to put the game away was absolutely atrocious. And it carried over from the Denver game, and it's really carried over from the same time he's been here. He has zero killer, killer instinct as a play caller, as a head coach, and I think that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles to us winning the championship with him running with under the O'Connell regime. Yeah. The hey, by the way, Jim, we're, we're we're losing Jimmy's audio, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yep. go ahead, Dex, and bump him out there. But yeah, I mean, it just it does kind of feel like it's hard to put your exact finger on it because you do want the Vikings to run the ball. You want them to run clock. You want them to like ideally you would jam the ball down the opponent's throat late to finish a game. You should. I don't think you should just be throwing and throwing incomplete passes at the end of a game either. But there's something about like the cadence of it, the run, run, pass, run, run, screen thing they did at the end of the game there on the edge of field goal range. You're telling me you, you need like five or ten more yards to at least get into field goal range to make it harder. I mean, I would prefer going for a touchdown or just like getting a couple first downs and winning the game. But at least like get into field, get a first down and get into field goal range, right? And there's like there's just you're telling me there's nothing dialed up for Josh Dobbs to just go run for like 12 yards on one of those plays. There's not like a bootleg. Right. There's not some sort of like play action zone blocking to the right. Oh, here comes Josh Dobbs out the backside. Like there's not, nothing like that available to just ice a game. It was very confusing just because just because I, I thought you had some pretty decent game plans. The Denver game wasn't as pretty as the other ones, but you have like what? three games, including the crazy game in the Falcons and in your kind of arsenal of what works for Josh Dobbs, what doesn't work for Josh Dobbs. And it just felt like they threw all that out the window and just said, we're going to give you a completely different game plan that doesn't suit Josh Dobbs or this offense at all. And I think that's what I was most puzzled by. I think the issue is, and this is sort of true with Kirk as well. I don't know that Kevin knows how to, as we in the football business like to say, marry the run and the pass. He doesn't really, I don't think, I, one, I don't really think he likes to run much. Like, I think he would prefer to pass all day. And it's like, okay, but to Phil's point, you've got Josh Dobbs here, who is a mobile running quarterback. Like, I, I this might sound goofy, but I think if you're going to play him, you have to allow him some ability to freelance. And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But, I mean, this tonight was, tonight was, what, what's the old cliche, square peg in a round hole? Yeah. That's how this offense looked all night long. Like they were being asked to do something that they weren't capable of doing. It was just a very weird, weird game. Supreme Leader chimes in on the YouTube comment section. Phil, are you now 3-9 and nine in picking Vikings games straight up? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Good job, Phil. I'm on a bad streak myself, so I can't really throw stones at you. Show myself out. Uh, who's next here on this Ventline therapy session? All right, let's go to Mark in Minneapolis. Mark, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, hear me okay? We got you, yeah. Mark. Yeah. Great. Uh, so you guys are kind of just touching on it, but I want to go a little bit further with like uh, the the pocket-passing nature of the play-calling on offense uh, and how you got this guy. And when the, Do- the Josh Dobbs magic has happened, it's happened out on the edge when he's been moving around. It hasn't been when he's been sitting there in a clean pocket even, uh, let alone a messy one. So um, I, I just the, – the entire game I was sitting there screaming at the TV, like, why is he standing there? Why aren't you moving him out? Why aren't you getting a Reisner pulling and, and 
getting that nasty guy out and, and lighting somebody up on the edge and letting Dobbs make a decision uh, if he's going to toss it downfield or just run. You know, uh, it just seems like uh, O'Connell was handcuffing himself a little bit and trying to almost play a Kirk Cousin game with somebody other than Kirk Cousins. Uh, I don't know. That That's all I got for you guys. Uh, take that. Dressing, dressing Josh Dobbs up in the number eight jersey. And it's, okay, we, can, we can sit in here and dissect this defense just like Kirk used to do. Do you guys recall the playoff game against the Packers? When Bill Musgrave, God bless him, started that game with the, with Joe Webb started, and the first drive was was a read option, yeah. and the Vikings drove down and got a field goal and looked really good, and then good old Billy Boy pulled back the reins and basically said, okay, now back to the playbook. That's what tonight looked like. It's like Kevin, you're going to have to accept like if you're going to play Josh Dobbs. He's not exact. I mean, he's played for what six teams in seven years. There's a reason why. Like, you're either going to get the most from him doing what he does well. Like, are you auditioning him to be Kirk's replacements and like play just like Kirk did? There are a lot of questions about philosophy here. I started to ask him against the Broncos, but tonight crystallized him as far as what exactly is the goal here. Yeah, and I and just to be clear too, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen it anyone even like in like the darkest corners of vikings internet and twitter i don't know that i've seen anyone say implicitly oh josh dobbs is better than Kirk cousins after even after watching josh dobbs at his best but in case there's like any doubt the last couple weeks clearly Kirk cousins is a better driver of this car than josh and and i dobbs drove it very interestingly and somewhat recklessly and fun right he's like like Dobbs, can you slow down, dude? You're going like 20 miles over the speed limit, just careening off the guardrails in for a touchdown. And it was kind of fun to watch there for a couple weeks. But, you know, Kirk, I don't think there's any way the Vikings wind up with four interceptions and three points going into the final three minutes of this game. The Bears defense is improved over the last few weeks, but, you know, they win that game 10 times out of 10 with Kirk Cousins. In in case there's any chatter sort of in uh, those corners of Vikings internet, Bill. Dex, who's next on Vikings Ventline here? Let's go to Jack next. Jack, what's up, buddy? What's up, Jack? Hey, guys. Skull Brothers. Uh, I just wanted to give out one quick point. Uh, Madison, I know he gets a lot of hate on this show, but he had something like eight average yards per carry. He rushed for, uh, what was it? It must have been some 25% of their total yards. And so... I just wanted to point that out there so that we could be discussed because he actually had a decent game. Also, a quick shout out to my brother Raymond Rossman and Ethan Gear, biggest Vikings fans I know. Awesome, man! Thanks for coming on here, Jack. Appreciate you. He was, uh, and he cut out for me for a second. There. He was talking about Madison rushing for right the fifty-two yep. yards. He basically, was saying uh, was Madison having kind of a bounce back game, so to speak. Yeah, dude, Madison five point two yards. His first twenty-yard carry. Yep. Since October 10th of 2021 in this game. 21 yards. 21 yards. Yeah, you know what? I think they scared him. I think the talk of being benched and then the talk of, you know, the fumble, um, it definitely appeared like he was was really into ball security tonight, which was a good thing since the quarterback was really not. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, let's keep it rocking here. A little therapy session unexpectedly after this Monday Night Football debacle. Dex, who's next? All right, let's go to Quinn in Chicago. Quinn, what's up, buddy? Quinn. Hey, guys, you got me? Yeah, dude. 
uh pretty depressing obviously depressing to lose but also depressing to like sit there for three hours and watch that quality of football um a lot of my points have been brought up already i think we're we're kind of on the same page tonight but um, a couple of things, you know, the, the KOC conservative last drive, we're going to talk about it a lot. I get it. Um, and it, it, it's bad. I, I agree. Um, the conservative stuff, the kind of screen passes, the HB dives up the middle weren't really working all night. And so to think that, oh, this drive, it's all going to change. just seemed pretty, um, pretty dumb to me, to be frank. Um, I thought that, you know, when we had kind of the quick passing game going, some slants some button hooks, like. Addison and and, uh, and Powell, they're slippery. They're hard to tackle. So, like, let's see more of that because I think that would work really well. But the timing, I guess, just isn't there with Dobbs. I'm not quite sure. Um, and then I think my last point here, you guys have talked about it, but it, Phil, I think you mentioned it, two, two rushing attempts for Dobbs tonight. Like, you can't do that. That's just, like, that's by far his best weapon. I'm not saying, you know, go, like, fields and do a million design runs. You don't have to do that. But there's so many times where he's just – like Kirk Cousins, kind of a statue in the pocket. And that leads to the interceptions. Use your legs, get out there, like make something happen, move the defense around a little bit. So really, uh, really frustrating. Oh, my last point, a lot of Addison motions tonight, uh, pre-snap, but then they never really seem to do anything with it. And I'm just not quite sure. I'm not super savvy with football, so I don't know exactly, but it seemed like they could try to do something. So anyways, thanks guys. Listen to you every day and uh, pretty depressed here in Chicago. Thanks again. Have a good night. Thank you, Quinn. Appreciate you coming on the show here. We can keep it rolling on Vikings Vent Line, Purple Daily YouTube channel. Let's go to, uh, as my mouse goes berserk, John from Bloomington. John, what's up? Hey, guys. Hey, guys, how are you? What's up, John? Sorry for the weird lighting in here. Uh, no overhead lights. Uh, in the basement. <laughs> Creepy the high beams. The high yeah, beams. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just two quick points. It seemed odd, and a couple guys have hit on this seems weird that we've gotten worse with Dobbs as these games have gone along. You know, again, I think you guys have hit it and I appreciate listening to the show. You'd, you'd think more and more KOC would start to be like, hey, this playbook, you know, these plays weren't available and now I could do this and now I can do that. And I should be able to, you know, this mobile quarterback, I should be able to utilize it. And, and to, I think to the earlier caller's point, you know, two rushes, nothing designed. You know, it seemed like for him to get him out onto the pocket. And my biggest thing I think that other people are hitting on when you were conservative there is you have to, as a head coach and a play caller, have these plays in your mind where you're sitting there first and 10, your defense just forced a second straight fumble to essentially gift you the game. And the Bears were like, Fields was like, take it, take it. We we didn't want it. We only got three points off four turnovers. We don't want the game. You're up one, two first downs. We lose, you know, you, you win, we lose, and you sneak out of there, uh, you know, and, and avoid being 500. And he ran the ball up. He just ran it goal line. He just went goal line offense and ran it up the middle twice and then tried a screenplay that hadn't worked the whole night. The whole night he tried those wide receiver screens and Chicago was all over them in the full press. So I just, I, I couldn't believe that in, you were given that chance in that one moment and they were just like, go take it, hit Addison, hit Hawkinson down the field. Um, my only quick thought is maybe with JJ in, you're going to force a target his way, right? And you just know in that, you know, and so with him out, maybe you don't have that uh, ace up your sleeve or something like that. But those were the, those were my thoughts. Love the show, guys. Listen all the time. Appreciate you all. Thanks, John. Appreciate you coming in here. Yeah. Would you, Joe, would you, would you start Mullins after the bye? If I'm going to play like that, I would, yeah. 
like if I have decided that I want my guy to pass from the pocket, that I'm going to run him twice with Josh Dobbs. Yes. Yeah. I would make the change based on that. Now, if I was, I, I'm just really surprised because O'Connell and I'm, I know that Dobbs had just arrived here for the Falcons game, but you know, the Falcons game and the Saints game, if, and we praised him for this and I thought he deserved it, really felt like he was embracing a different style of quarterback and realizing that in these last two games, it has completely gone to this is what I want to do, which frustrates me about coaches beyond belief. And I know that it's probably, you know, if you're a coach, you've got philosophies and you've got, but I mean, my God, this is Josh Dobbs. This is on the fly. This is a gift. If you're going to make him a pocket passer, yes, 100%, I would switch to Nick Mullins against the Raiders if this is the style. Because Josh Dobbs can't do this. I see a lot of people calling for Jaron Hall, too. I, I do think, like, if they made a move off Josh Dobbs, and it's funny because there's probably some people wondering, like, wait a second, like, that quickly, just moving off Dobbs? I will just say, that was the type of game it's, you don't need like a full body of work over a month necessarily to bench a guy like Dobbs. Like that's the type he sabotaged that game tonight. You could say the, the one interception off Jordan Addison's hands and Troy Aikman was saying, you know, maybe he's put a little too much zip on that ball, whatever, but like, you got to catch that ball. But some of the other stuff, he also tried to throw a pick six at one point, like late in the third quarter. It's the type of performance where you would in a meeting room with your quarterback's coach, your offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, right? You would sit there during the bye week and say, okay, guys, we got to win. We're six and six. Who gives us the best chance? Especially like you guys said, if, you're, if we're not going to call a bunch of sort of mobile quarterback friendly plays, if we're not going to be a read option offense, if we're only going to run the ball twice with this mobile quarterback, then okay, well, who's the best pocket passer? Who's more accurate? Who's not going to turn the ball over four times and try to throw a pick six, right? So it's a discussion. It's a discussion. Uh, who's next here on this therapy session? Vikings vent line. Let's go to Chancey and Fargo. Chancey. You guys got me? Yeah, dude. Fire I'm not away. muted. Nothing stupid. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Uh, I'll give you a couple of hot takes for uh, tomorrow. Ideas, suggestions. Hot take number one. Uh, PJ Fleck and the Gophers deserve a bowl game more than the Vikings deserve the playoffs. Right, put that down right now. Oh, let's go. One. Okay, come on. Keep coming. Number two, Arizona Cardinals wanting Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams, sabotage traded Josh Dobbs to the Vikings, knowing that the Bears needed to beat us. So they're like, what do we do? Let's send them a bum that we have on our (laughs) roster. We'll lose more games, and and it's all a win. All right? I like the math. Yes. So – I have a serious question, and this is the main reason I called in for you guys. And I want each of you to answer it honestly. And, you know, as of today, if you, if the Wilfs came to you and called you and said, hey, uh, minorities at Judd, Phil, Declan, Brian Flores, would you rather have Brian Flores as your head coach going forward or Kevin O'Connell? Right now, we can take either one, we're going to pick them. Um, one of them's got to go. And which one do you want going forward? And then I guess I will ask you to elaborate on why so that the audience can hear your reasoning because I've seen enough. I'm a Flores guy at this point already. Um, his defensive improvements have looked better than the offensive improvements. If one of them's a defensive guy and one's an offensive guy, I haven't seen enough out of the offense. 
and I've seen a hell of a lot more of the defense. So anyway, I want to throw that question out to the group. Mm. I want to listen, and I think it makes great talk radio for you guys. So have fun with that. Look at that. Chancey, dude. Associate okay, producer. Wow. Associate producer, Chancey, right there. All right. Yeah. Talk podcast, but that's okay, Chancey. <laughs> wow. Okay. Unnecessary <laughs> shot at Chancey. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're not talk radio anymore. I'm I'm very happy where I am. I'm not trying to put it down. I mean, I love Purple Answer his question. I love the podcast. you right now in your, uh, in, in your angry? Okay. Kevin oh, O'Connell, wow. and here's why. Here's why. Brian Flores is a great coordinator, and he, and he might have the makings of a good coach. But Kevin O'Connell, to me, has done a very good job overall of changing the – Patrick Rossi, turn this down. Changing the culture with this team. I think players play hard for him. I do think, and and here's where I don't want to give up yet. I don't want to give up on Kevin until I see him finally get his quarterback here and work through that system. So I'm very disappointed in tonight, and I was disappointed a week ago against the Broncos, but this is a quarterback who they obtained at the trade deadline. Uh, to fill in for Kirk Cousins, who's a guy that O'Connell got a lot from. So I'm not willing yet to give up on on O'Connell because I don't think the book is even close to being written yet. And the same, and the concerns back in 2006 that I had about Childress, like as a coach, don't exist with Kevin. I think Kevin does a very good job leading the team. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Well, children, one of Childress's biggest issues was he didn't, like, connect with the players. And so the minute right. things started to go sideways, he kind of lost. Like, KOC has the locker room. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the question for him is, is he a good enough play caller? Is he a good enough tactician? Can he eventually develop a quarterback? I, I think generally in today's NFL, I would rather have a really smart and, uh, I guess, a really smart and, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, adaptable, offensive-minded coach, like a guy that can develop a quarterback, a guy that can scheme an offense to score 30 points a game. I think you need that because it's offenses are becoming so complex and there's just so much room to take advantage of the current rules in the NFL. So, like, can I answer it by saying I would choose Kevin O'Connell because I do stand for Kevin O'Connell. And I also think Brian Flores is going to be like a top six to seven head coach when he gets another head coaching opportunity. The Dolphins hired him to execute a tank job. And he turned that team into one of the best defenses in the NFL, a team that was winning like eight or nine games. It was like the movie Major League where the owner is trying to sabotage the team, right, to get Tom Brady on board. And Brian Flores coaches through it in Miami and builds this team that was super competitive, and he's doing the same thing with this defense. So I choose Kevin O'Connell knowing that Brian Flores, whenever he gets that next opportunity, unless he, unless he takes a job with just like a hopeless organization like the Raiders or something, uh, that he's going to be a really, really good head coach too. Uh, my, my quick answer on this is I still take Kevin O'Connell. Um, this is an offensive league. 
and you got to have guys that know what they're doing on offense and you got to have guys who are adaptable on that. I don't think that this is the incomplete indictment on Brian Flores, but keep in mind, he didn't trust Brian Flores. Uh, Brian Flores, excuse me, didn't trust Tua. He trusted Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterback. There was numerous times he just flip-flop, 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 couldn't handle Tua, took Ryan That's kind of what defensive coaches do. They just, like, would rather have totally. just hey, veteran guy just, like, get in there and just do your thing. I'm going to coach defense, right? And, you know, Tua's been 100%, you know, ex- he's exploded in Mike McDaniel's offense. And McDaniel's a genius, and he deserves credit for that. And I know that, you know, it, it's fitting a square peg in a round hole to a degree, but I would have fear that Brian Flores doesn't get your offense to the level that you have to play at to be a Super Bowl team in 2023 like this like this loss tonight I'm certainly not out on Kevin O'Connell but this is the first loss where I'm the losses early in the season they felt super fluky you know tonight felt fluky in that again you're probably not turning the ball over four times but I've been saying that all season and at this point it's just kind of who they are like after two or three months but it's the first loss where I thought boy Kevin man like I don't care if you're playing a backup quarterback. I mean, you're playing a home game against the Chicago Bears, who are also on the verge of potentially firing their head coach. And they're going to turn the ball over twice late and just gift you this game. Like, it, it was the first sort of unforgivable loss. There might have been one or two last year that I have to go back, but it was the first, like, real unforgivable loss that I feel like he's put on his resume. This was a game in which, because it's such a crappy game, but it's a game in which you have to find a way to win if you're the Vikings. You just have to. And and if you do, guess what? In a week, we ain't talking about it. Like, okay, it was ugly. Uh, it, it was a really poorly played game, but you found a way to win. Um, the Bears are atrocious. They shoot themselves in, in the foot as cons- more consistently than the Vikings, although tonight was sort of a wash. They are, I mean, offensively, I have no idea what they're calling half the time. So, like, I mean, this team is, it's, yes, the defense is improved in Chicago, but you had to find a way. Yeah. And you you didn't, and and you sabotaged yourself. So, I I mean, that's the other thing, too. Hey, real quick, before we get back to more uh, Vikings fans here, do you think it's on the Wilfs' minds at all? Chancey's question. No. Because when they took this franchise over as owners back in 2006, 2005, actually. Mike Tomlin was the defensive coordinator in 2006. Different scenario in that Tomlin was like in his 30s and he was, Brian Flores is an established NFL head coach. So it's even, probably even, it was probably a harder decision on Tomlin in 2006. But they watched Tomlin walk away. Pittsburgh Steelers still have him employed, right? They're going to probably go to the playoffs again. Like, do you think that's on their mind? That they picked, they, they backed the wrong horse. They backed the offensive guy in 2007. No, probably not. Okay. But I will say this, but what would be on my mind is the hope that the Flores lawsuit just continues on because I really do think his opportunity to get a job becomes much harder if you're suing Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the Wilfs, the one thing that I would do is I would be taking out my checkbook and saying, what's the number to keep you? Like, unless you get a prime job, yeah. What's the number to keep? Because, you know, there's going to be a few jobs. Like, if Carolina comes calling, are you taking that job? That guy, Tepper, has just fired two people in mid-contract. I mean, Frank Wright was in the first year of his contract. Yeah. I ain't taking that clown, job. That's a clown organization. The Raiders are a clown organization. I mean, the Bears and are I, kind of a clown organization, quite frankly. And, 
and I don't think that I don't think that the Commanders are going to go from defensive guy to defensive guy, and I also don't think that the guy who bought them is going to have the appetite from an organization that's caused nothing but consternation for the league to hire a guy who's suing the league. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling here. It's Vikings Ventline on the Purple Daily YouTube channel presented by our friends at Quick Trip. Who's next, Declan? Let's go to Jeff next year. Hey, Jeff, what's up, man? Welcome to Ventline. Hey, guys. Um, love the show. I uh, want to say thank you. It's my first time calling. Um, seems like a lot of a lot of comments are hitting kind of the, the topics I wanted to discuss here, but I want to follow up with what you're just stating. You know, if you had to choose O'Connell and Flores, could you confidently say that O'Connell comes in and takes the 30th ranked offense and really has nothing in the cupboard and turns that into a top 10 offense the way that Flores has taken this defense that was absolutely atrocious last year and has turned it into a winner that is almost winning you football games by default. In addition to that, you have a, a draft class, a 22 draft class, seen Booth, Asamoah, not a single snap. So it's like Flores might have something going. O'Connell, on the other hand, has been a little bit frustrating because he doesn't seem to improve short yardage situations. Red zone offense with TJ and JJ with the best pair of tackles in the league hasn't seemed to be that effective. Uh, It just seems to be very frustrating that the offense hasn't been as uh, innovative as we were expecting with Kevin coming in. And I like Kevin as a guy, and, and he's exciting, and he looks like a young Bud Grant, and he sells tickets. But the reality is, is that we saw tonight, he just kind of turned into that conservative Kevin. When you had a chance to win the game, you really have nothing to lose here with Dobbs as your quarterback. If you lose with Josh Dobbs as your quarterback, that's not a big surprise. Um, Just really disappointed, like really disappointed at this point. And I don't want the Dobbs experiment to be like, oh, we have to automatically go back to a 36-year-old and mobile quarterback coming off an Achilles injury that's going to require $40 million a year either. Yep. Like no, you, these have, are... you have to be realistic in the sense that you need a quarterback that is young. And maybe Jaron Hall is the guy that sits kind of in the middle between Kirk and Josh Dobbs, right? He's mobile, but he's a quarterback, kind of traditional quarterback, a little bit of a pocket passer. It's been weird to see this offense for the last two weeks treat Dobbs like he has to be like Kirk. Maybe that's Josh trying to do that. Maybe it's Kevin trying to do that. But you don't. that's not going to win football games. Josh needs to be Josh, and, uh, and this offense needs to improve because it let this team down tonight. That was a winnable football game, and you guys said if we won 13-12, to 12, no one would care. We'd be on to the next game. Yeah. Thanks for the time, guys. No, Jeff, thanks for coming on, man. Great stuff, man. He brings up a lot of good questions. and. I mean, his first question about, I think it's a little, I would say it's a little easier for a defense to turn around with just a better scheme than it is. Like, at the end of the day, you do need a quarterback that can sit in the pocket or get outside the pocket and make throws. And with Dobbs, like, Dobbs, every th- even the completions seem like they're just like a half a beat late, right? Everything, everything feels a little bit, I mean, it feels like a backup quarterback, right? It feels like, ooh, that was that throw on, was it fourth down and seven to Hawkinson out to the right? Like, it was just, Aikman did a great job pointing out if that ball is, you know, about uh, two feet out front, like Kirk Cousins would have probably delivered it. He catches that ball. He runs out of bounds for a first down. Now, Kevin O'Connell had Kirk Cousins, a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the world, and weapons, and the Vikings were still, like, Nowhere near top five in scoring offense. So yeah, there's definitely some 
some things to to pick at here, big picture wise. The I thought the the biggest blunder of the night, and there were a, a ton of them, was the deep ball to Addison, in which he caught the ball out of bounds. The throw was awful, okay, but it was so poorly orchestrated that. I don't think Jordan had any idea where his feet were either. But, like, that's the type of play that Kirk and a lot of QBs, they make that throw, and it looks like, oh, yeah, of course he made that throw. That that looked easy, pitch and catch, right? Um, that throw was so bad that it took Addison out of bounds. And I don't and, – and a guy who, by the way, at times has shown he's acutely aware of his position, right? Like, he's made some great sideline catches. He looked like he didn't know. I mean, that was a minor league play in an NFL game. And that to me was like the true play of okay, what can you what can you milk from this because that was probably more of a high school type play on a play that should have probably hit um hit him ideally just in stride for a touchdown. And Addison needs to catch that ball with his two feet in bounds. Yeah, well he needed to stop and gain control of where his feet were, but I don't think I I'm just saying the play was so disjointed that to me it was it was a byproduct. Like if I was trying to identify things of how horse bleep this game was, that sequence to me was a prime one. But yes, he needs to know where his feet are. But the ball also really needs to to be thrown so that he can catch it and keep going. And it's just a disappointing night. I mean, it was incredibly disappointing. But I do think that you have to take some action off of this. I don't think that you can just gloss over what occurred here tonight. Who do we got next here, Dex? Go to Brady next year on Bentline. Hey, Brady, what's up? Hello. You guys hear me okay? We got you, Brady, awesome. in, the, in the darkness. Hello, yeah, darkness. in the dark in the Smile car, hiding away because the parents and the family went to bed. So <laughs> to save them hearing me. Um, so I think it was after that third interception that happened, I turned to my dad and I go, I think the pastor ran out of jet fuel. Yeah. Because this ride has ended very, very unfun at this point. That was probably the roughest watch after that Denver game. I thought Denver was going to be the worst one after seeing how that went. No, this one was worse, in my opinion. Um, the, the Bears are not that good. And we made them look like the best defense on the on the field there. And they didn't seem like KOC could think of anything or figure out a way to somehow get us a touchdown. And it took till what the fourth quarter? That that's a little little too long, in my opinion. Um, and when that touchdown did happen, I was just like, "It's not going to matter. They're going to come. They're going to find a way to give this up, just like they have most of this season." This has been the roughest Vikings team I've watched in my 28 years. And to the Brian Flores KOC question, having grown up with most of the best defenses I've ever seen. I'm going to choose the defensive guy over the offensive guy, but it's nice to see the change of Kirk that we have had, but you know, it doesn't help when he's got no Achilles. So, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, can we, can we get him in touch with Aaron Rodgers people? Maybe he can get back before the end of December. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to. (laughs) Yeah. Brady, thanks for, uh, for joining here from the darkness of your car garage. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, the Vikings lost a home game to the Chicago bears without the Bears scoring a touchdown. So yep. that's about as train wrecky as it gets here. <laughs> Who's next on Vikings Ventline, Dex? Oh, my God. Let's go to JR next year on Ventline. JR, what's up? Hey, JR. Hey, guys. Oh. Rosie's pretty upset here. Rosie. I haven't seen any pooches 
tonight. So, uh, Rosie's the first one. Is crying outside the door. I'm not sure. I think his mom is neglecting him. Maybe he's ignoring me, but <laughs> at least we got a dog on the screen here. She's uh 14, and uh, I figured I better get uh, get her on here now because uh, Vikings might not do this before she dies. No, <laughs> Rosie, hang in there, Rosie. <laughs> the PID applies for pups. <laughs> I I got a you know obviously a disappointing loss. Um, just got a few points. I, I think that that was definitely one of KOC's worst games. Um, so far, you know, it kind of has me thinking that he might be playing down to his competition. I kind of always thought it was Kirk, but it seems like maybe uh, KOC may be playing down to competition a little bit, down to Eberflus, uh level. And um, I don't know, a couple other quick points. I don't want to take up most of your time. I know you guys uh, got to go lick your wounds like the rest of us. Uh, what happened to KJ? Where's KJ? C one, two, three. What? What? What is he? Yeah, I mean, kinda, he's just he's just kind of a guy. I, I don't J-A-G. think he's. I think Powell's. I think Powell's better than KJ, and yeah. I think the Vikings have kind of determined that too. Yeah, it's it's pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, I think the worst part of KOC's coaching is like his his ability to close out a game you know just give us get us that one first down when we need it at the end of a game it's like i don't know if it's his four minute offense or his two minute offense but uh i don't know maybe i don't i don't know if anybody's ever talked about it but maybe hand the play calling over to old wessie boy yeah no that is no jr thanks for coming on and say good night to rosie for us you know, I think that's that's a fair question. But hey, Kevin, yeah. does does Kevin's play calling at its best? Like Andy Reid's play calling, I th- and I know they have Patrick Mahomes, but Andy Reid's play calling helps the Chiefs win games. I think there are certain. There's probably five coaches for sure that you would say, "Yep, their offensive play calling is a huge plus. They should keep doing it." I don't know that KOC after a year and a half, I don't know that you'd say, oh my God, he's calling plays, running circles around opposing defenses. Like, would you say that? No. Um, Not consistently. I think he's done some good things, but I don't think that there's a consistency. I also think part of the problem tonight was he called plays scared because Dobbs scared him. And and that's why I, I thought that there might be a chance that they would actually go to Mullins in the second half. Um, but I really think that what we saw was a guy calling plays, scared to call plays. But again, I'll go back to then why did you put that on his plate? Like, why did you insist on calling the game like that? This seemed like a misguided game plan. And when it went sideways, it felt like O'Connell got scared and Dobbs played you know, horrifically. And now you're painted into a corner where you don't really like to run the ball, but you need to run the ball more because and, and then you're not going to have Dobbs run. And, and in Osborne's defense tonight, I think, again, the whole passing game was so disjointed. Like it sort of came and went, and at times it sort of worked, yeah. and at times it didn't. Uh, but I really think tonight's game offensively from the Vikings sideline. to and, and the other thing tonight, too, is I'll be very curious to see the PFF grades offensive line-wise because it felt like there were some real struggles there as well. I just think by the end of the night, KOC was calling plays scared. I don't think he knew what to call. Yeah. All right, Dex, let's keep this therapy session rocking here. By the way, if you haven't already, uh, maybe you're just joining us for the first time here, looking for some uh, some therapy and some 
some Vikings loving friends, please click the subscribe button and the like button here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel as we look to keep growing this awesome community of Vikings fans. Who do we got next on the show? Let's go to Andrew next here on Vikings Ventline. What's up, Andrew? Hey, man. Hey, my guys, my guys. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. Um, bunch of tears, and uh, it sucks, right? Um, you're kind of thinking, great, we got the 16th, 17th pick overall now, and we can get, we can rock out. But a couple questions for you guys. Um, one. I, I'm curious to know how much I know uh, um, the last caller kind of um, intimated, um, you know, West West calling plays moving forward. But how much do you think that he impacts kind of the game plan? I know, obviously, the head coach is is making the calls um, at the end of the day. It's kind of up to him. KOC is, is the one, you know, obviously chirping in the air of the quarterback, calling the plays, calling them in. But I'm curious you know, how much, you know, the quarterback's coach, you know, defensive side aside, um, how much the uh, offensive coaches are actually kind of game planning and kind of in the air of this new coach kind of making the difference. And then second, second question is, how difficult do you think it is to kind of change kind of play calling scheme mid-season with an entirely different an entirely different quarterback, right? Um, and so, I mean, it very much seemed like that game plan today was kind of geared more towards a Kirk-type quarterback. Uh, and so I, I wonder kind of the difficulty there. But um, you guys are great. Appreciate you guys. Cheers. Uh, it sucks. It yeah. sucks. It sucks when your team is actively, you know, the mantra is uh, one before I die. But it's it's difficult when your team is actively trying to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way of putting it, Andrew. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. <laughs> so I, to go to his uh, second question, I think part of the thing there is with the game plan, I think that when you're looking at that game plan tonight, yes, it's not simple to just like go to a totally new game plan, but we saw against the Falcons and Saints, we certainly saw some wiggle room there. Like, that's what I was looking for. I'm not asking Kevin O'Connell to ditch everything he believes in football, but I mean, we saw basically eight quarters of okay, here's the adjustments. So, like, I guess my question is, where is that to a certain degree? Why is that gone? And as far as Wes goes, um, he's up here in the press box during games, so he's in communication with O'Connell as far as what he sees from up here, which is, I'm sure, helpful. And he definitely is involved in scheming. Uh, I don't see Kevin O'Connell giving a play calling, though. I just don't. I think this, this is year. his baby. His Yeah. And unless he, unless he actively thought, I'm screwing the pooch here, which I don't think he's going to. I agree. Um, I, don't, I don't know who's going to. I, I don't think Quazy has the power to come down to Kevin and say, we're going to have West call plays. I don't think that's how this works. Yes, he's the GM. Yes, he's probably in charge of transactional transactional things. But I don't think that there's somebody short of the Wilfs who could say, we are going to strip you of play calling, which is what that would be, which would be a big deal. And once you do that, now, like, if you get into, like, ownership or front office stripping a coach of play calling duties, like, that's just, then you're like, just fire the guy, like, which obviously is not a consideration just because they lost a game or two here with their, fourth quarterback but yeah i mean 
he loves being essentially the extension of the quarterback. And I think giving that up would be only in case of emergency or if he felt like he had to save his job or something. And by the way, we are, again, nowhere in that. Like, that is not a 2023 conversation, even if the wheels really come off here after this Bears game. And to defend him, unless you you guys disagree strongly, I think for the most part he's done a good job. Like oh, the last God. two games, ride, I'm disappointed in. KOC, 100%. Yep. So, but I'm saying, I, I mean, I do think that, that that whole extension thing, he's done a good job. The last two games, I've been surprised and disappointed. And, yes, it's a difficult circumstance. It's a quarterback that is a journeyman who you obtained at the deadline. So I totally get that. But, I mean, I am nowhere near thinking that this guy is going to fail. And and. Again, my test is this. When you finally get your quarterback here, not Josh Dobbs, not even Kirk, but when you get your guy here, what happens? That's where I think a real sound judgment can be made. Yeah, and I think, you know, too, there's, I know this is shocking in 2023 in a world where everything has to be polarizing and black and white and this and that, but I think you can have two stances at once. You can say, I think Kevin O'Connell is a really good young coach with a bright future. And I also think this was maybe the worst game he has coached in his career. And there are some things to nitpick. Like all, all of those things can be true in the same sense. Just like Kirk Cousins can be one of the 12 best quarterbacks in the world. And there's a bunch of things to nitpick and contract and all this stuff, right? You know, there's nothing to nitpick about our friends at Quick Trip. Okay. Perfect convenience Absolutely store, perfect nothing. gas station for us here at Purple Daily. And the perfect place to win prizes. So we're not only talking about gasoline. We're not only talking about Karuba coffee. We're not only talking about groceries. We are also uh, talking about Quick Trip's Vikings opening drive contest. Here is what you need to do. Purchase any pothole pizza or 20-ounce Pepsi-Cola product with quick rewards to enter. Purchase both products together with quick rewards and receive 10 bonus entries. One weekly winner will receive a $10 gift card for every yard gained during the Vikings opening drive, which hopefully against the Raiders will be far better than tonight. If the Vikings score a field goal on that drive, the winner will earn an additional $500 quick trip gift card. If the Vikings get a touchdown on that drive, the winner will earn an additional $1,000 gift card. Weekly winners will have a chance to win up to $2,000 in Quick Trip gift cards, and all weekly winners will also be entered for a chance to win a grand prize, a pair of 2024-25 Vikings season tickets, free fuel for a year, a total value of $5,500. It's this simple. Go to quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes. Quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for full details. Also, hey, you uh, you guys heard this. If you caught the Joe Buck interview on Purple Daily earlier today, we uh, we talked about our friends at Sound Story. And, you know, I think you know, I've shared this. I'll share it again here uh, today. So my grandfather, who played football for Newt Rockney back almost 100 years ago at Notre Dame, fought in World War II, has all these life stories that, that uh, generations before me got to hear. But he died 15 years before I was born. I've never gotten to hear my grandfather's voice. I've never heard his stories. And that's where Sound Story comes in. Think of it like a podcast in which the guest is one of the most important people in your life. You want to capture those stories, capture those life moments, mom, dad, grandfather, before they pass away, like in the case of my family situation. Um, sound story. And by the way, you go, to, you go to mysoundstory.com and you can select a professional interviewer to sit down or you can select me. It's up to you. If you want a professional interviewer or if you want me to sit down with your family member, go to mysoundstory.com, Cyber Monday here. So if Sound Story starts at 399 
You can go to mysoundstory.com, enter the promo code PURPLE to get the Cyber Monday special of 20% off a gift certificate for Sound Story. That's promo code PURPLE at mysoundstory.com, and you will have this recorded set of memories, stories, forever. Sound Story for you, for them, forever. All right, let's keep going here on Vikings Ventline, Purple Daily YouTube channel. Let's go to Jacob uh, next year. Hey, Jacob. What's oh, up, dude? Guys? You're on Ventline. Oh, what up? I mean, in recent memory, that was absolutely the worst Vikings performance I have seen. I mean, that is up there with that one game that Kirk threw four interceptions. It's almost as bad as when Case Keenum pissed away the NFC Championship game. That was a terrible game altogether. Um, we, you cannot possibly roll Dobbs out on that field anymore after the bye. Uh, that is a game that you would see from Zach Wilson. That that would get you benched. You cannot possibly put him on that field anymore. If he's, Dude, we we, we should go fifty percent off, maybe seventy five percent off the pastronaut swag at scornart.com slash shop tomorrow. Let's sign him Monday. up to Ross. If he steps out on that field, we all need to go to TCO Performance Center with pitchforks. That was an egregious performance. Um, we can't even put him in. I mean, any, anybody who's saying that he should be the successor to Kirk Cousins over two games needs to shut their mouths because Kirk would have darted up that defense, would have absolutely destroyed that defense. Um, actually, fun fact too. As well, we just lost to the first team in the NFL to win without scoring a touchdown this season. 0-28 entering Monday. That's really? how bad that was. No way, dude. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. It was <laughs> that horrible. Oh, God. At home. At home. At home yep. dude. Yeah. I'm, you, what do you have to lose anymore? I mean, after that, you, you can't put them out on that field anymore. Um, as you, you wouldn't see that kind of stuff from Jaron Hall yet. I mean, the way that he played in that Falcons game, he's not throwing dumb picks like that. Overall, he's a pretty smart guy with the ball, but what do you have to lose anymore? I mean, if you start Hall now, um, if he pops off, boom, you can save that first round, first round pick to get a D lineman, monster linebacker, whatever you need. Um, if it fails, oh, you can pick top 10. Get a Bo Nix, Michael Phoenix. I mean, what do you have to lose anymore? But after that, you po- you cannot possibly put that guy in the field anymore. Yeah. Absolute horrible performance. Yeah, Jacob, thanks for coming on, man. We we appreciate that. You know, it's also like it's different at when when you're six and four a couple weeks ago, and you're like, God, you're two games up on the, you know, the the playoff line, and your your schedule looks weak. You got this Denver team and the Bears. Not, but now, okay, now you're six and six. It's less risky to put Jaron Hall out there. I think you're almost kind of back into the take a look at whoever you want mode, which is kind of where they were like a month ago, right? Yeah, but you're still in right now. You're still in the seventh seed. You're only a half game up, if I'm not mistaken, on the Packers, correct? Um, I just think that this coaching staff would go with a more established QB. And then if you continue to lose a couple more, it might go to Hall. I have a hard time believing that if they believe that that Mullins gives them a better opportunity to win, that they would still roll the dice with Hall as long as they're in that final playoff spot. And keep in mind, 
that seventh seed is going to go to a team that's probably just not th- that good. So, like, as disheartening as this loss was and the Vikings' play was, there's still a chance you're a playoff team. For sure, yeah. I think it's down to, I think the loss, according to uh, our friend Eric Eager at Sumer Sports, I believe it's yeah. down to, like, or was it PFF? One of those two publications had 48%. Is the, they would have been, like, 80% had they won or something like that. Now it's down to, like... 48%. So it's a coin flip to make the playoffs. Who's next on Vikings Ventline deck? All right, let's go to Sean uh, next year. Hey, Sean, what's up, man? You're on Ventline. Hey, guys. Uh, first off, you guys put on an amazing product every week. Uh, we live Thank in you. Chicago. You, you guys give us the daily content that we can't get here. So thank you very much for all that. Um, two questions. Uh, first, the turnover problems. Is that a KOC thing or, I mean, this is been a Vikings fan since 96. Like this turnover thing is getting out of hand at this point. And the second thing is idiotic as this sounds. Does Dobbs know too much of the playbook? Like is he <laughs> overthinking things like, I mean. like when he's not thinking, he seems like a better quarterback. Uh, I'm going to shut up and listen. Oh, oh, actually an unofficial write this down. I think, Three NFC North teams are going to make the playoffs. The Seahawks wow. are trash. I actually think the Packers, uh, the seventh seed, and we end up uh, the seventh seed, and we end up as the sixth seed. So, so Vikings, those, Vikings those my and six. Packers. Okay, interesting. The, the, man. So, those are my two questions. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, uh, and I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, Sean. I mean, you, you go back it's to not the as- Atlanta game, and he certainly looked the best in that game that he's looked. So. You know. It's not a stupid point because the the fact is that this guy's skill set seems to be a little bit more in tune with freelancing and trying to create plays. And it feels like O'Connell in the last two games has been like, no, no, here's here's the playbook. You've had plenty of time now. And I mean, we've all established that Josh Dobbs is a very smart person. And it feels like they're trying to force feed him now to play quarterback but he's not a real successful qb in this league he's a qb who we clearly saw improvises and almost uses his own smarts as opposed to playbook smarts that's not a dumb question like it sounds really weird and 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 i know that you know this league is so formatted in what you're supposed to do but i sort of agree that that i do think that there was there was a willingness in the two games against the Falcons and Saints to accept sort of who Josh Dobbs was. And it feels like against the Broncos and Bears, it's gone more to, well, hold on a second. You've learned this now. You should execute it. And I don't know how much more we need to see to see he struggles with executing it. Yep. On the turnover front, by the way, the other point, the Vikings, after four interceptions tonight, now lead the NFL in turnovers. Number one in the NFL with 24 turnovers. They're averaging two turnovers per game so far this year. As friend of the show, Kevin O'Connell likes to say, you know, gentlemen, that each turnover has its own story. By the way, Kevin O'Connell at the podium said today, speaking of this from Kevin Seifert, speaking to reporters post game, Kevin O'Connell did not commit to Josh Dobbs as the Vikings quarterback after the bye. O'Connell also indicated he gave at least some consideration to inserting Nick Mullins tonight, an interesting couple of weeks coming in Minnesota yeah. and tweet from Kevin Seifert. You know, I, it is, and I'm not ripping, Kevin is a wonderful reporter, and I'm not ripping, I'm just, I think it's it's always interesting, like whenever a quarterback plays poorly in the NFL, someone always has to ask the question, 
Mm-hmm. Will you commit to this person as your starting quarterback next week? And the answers are always like short of a yes, this is my starting quarterback. It always opens up controversy. So we officially now have, based on that non-emphatic yes, he could have just said, yes, he's our quarterback. Any other answer, and it was it was something else other than yes, means we have two weeks of quarterback controversy here. Which, not shockingly, will be the subject of my col- column at VikingsWire.com that will be posted soon, exactly that, me calling for a change. I'm calling for the change. I, I, I'm Come on, I called for Dean's head, finally got done, right? Now I'm calling for Dobbs to sit. It's going to get done. I mean, it just takes these coaches and GMs a little bit longer than okay, me CM to Punk. actually you're pull gonna, the trigger. You're keep calling the shots, and you're going to you're going to poison the shots this here. locker room calling, until you get kicked out again. Is that the plan? I'm not, no, I'm not poisoning. I'm I'm here to help. I'm a hey, giver. I'll pop for you. I'll Judge get off here, the couch. Judge here to spew takes, help the Vikings, and shamelessly promote his own brand across all platforms. All right, VikingsWire.com. Uh, that's VikingsWire, W-I-R-E. That's VikingsWire.com, run by our good friend Tyler Fornes. Does a great job. All right, who's next? We're an hour into this therapy session here on Vikings Line Purple Daily YouTube channel. All right, a few more left. Uh, let, let's see if he's there. Kellen, you have a great backdrop here. But Is he passed out? Is this a first-person view right now? Kellen, this is, is this a club? Count of three. One, is Kellen in a club? Is Kellen two, okay? Three. Kellen's sleeping. Let's let's see. Let's try someone else who's in the exact same kind of position. How about Brock? Brock, do you got us okay? Uh, uh, I don't know if we're gonna get Brock's internet to work there. That's all right. Kellen's passed out. Brock's in like an internetless basement of some kind. It sounded loud. Yeah. How about this? Let's try Edward. Edward, what's up, man? You're on Bentline. Edward. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, I think um, I think Judd's spot on. Dobbs has got to be sat down. I think the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people are Cousins fans mainly because of the way he 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 operated within this the offensive line we have. It seems like we have a good pocket a lot of times, but you got to operate within the pocket. Dobbs tends to bail out and he's running into his tackles. Everything's 15 yards and in, whereas you know Cousins is accurate downfield in the middle of the field. We need a quarterback like that, whether he's mobile or not. You got to have a guy that can that can get the ball to these playmakers that we have. And you know, um, I think if you look at the last 20 years of Super Bowls, it's been Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, and that's it. Everyone else is a pocket passing quarterback. I know the new age is oh look look at the flashiness, look at all a mobile quarterback can do. But if you don't have a quarterback that can convert on third and long, which Cousins has done all year, and even if it's not Cousins next year, that's who you need. You need a guy, whether he's mobile or not, can win from the pocket first. And then if he can be great outside of that, like a Patrick Mahomes, then that's kind of generational territory. And I don't know, that might be a long shot. But, you know, I think that's what we need more than anything. It's just someone that can, that can operate KOC's offense the way it was meant to operate with the line that we have. And and if if they can't, then I, I think that's why KOC gets conservative and he gets scared because he just doesn't think that, you know, his line can or his, that the offense can operate the way it should, you know. Oh, who's Bodie the good there. who's the good boy or good girl there? Yeah, this is this is Bodie here. Bodie. Oh, Bodie. oh who's a good boy? <laughs> He wants dinner already. He's, He's like, waiting, Dad. But, He's uh, like, Dad, what are you doing? Dad? You're just bitching <laughs> about the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that's all I got. I just think we need a quarterback that can that can operate within the pocket, whether that's Cousins, whether that's someone else or not. I mean, the Dabs, Dobbs thing was flashy. It was fun to watch, but you got to be able to throw from the pocket first, especially yes, in KFC's offense. Yes, you do, man. Edward, thanks for coming on, for sure. By the way, I, we can talk more about this during the week on Purple Daily, but Joe Buck, and and he's not just, like, saying this and gleaning it. He's probably getting it from, like, an off-the-record meeting or, like, the pre-production meeting. He said the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell are desperate. I think he used the word desperate to bring Kirk Cousins back. That's what he said at one point on this broadcast. Who's next? All right, I saw him. Kellen. Now your lights is turned on. Kellen, is Kellen alive? Do we I have saw movement? him walk by just five seconds ago. Come on, Kellen. Is that the moon? Is Kellen on the moon? Yeah. Kellen. Kellen might... Try somebody about, else here. How about Jerron? Jerron, what's up, dude? Yo, what's Yo. up? What's going on, man? Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yo, Phil, we saw you tonight. At, That's uh, right, the, dude. It was yeah, it was yeah, good yeah, meeting you guys inside the uh, the Toasty Lodge <laughs> earlier tonight. Yeah, yeah. What's up? All right, so <clears throat> this was terrible tonight. Obviously, we all watched it. I don't know. Um. I don't know why you can't just roll Jaron Hall out there. I think he can win you games. He can win you games. Um, I don't know. You saw Josh Dallas out there tonight, and it was just terrible. It was horrible. You can roll Jaron Hall out there. He can win you games. It's terrible. Josh Dobbs did nothing, literally nothing. Oh, he did a lot actually. He threw uh, four interceptions. Tried to throw a pick six. Yeah, for try, a fifth one. He yeah, was very he was, active tonight. He was, he was <laughs> prolifically bad. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's very active. <laughs> I think we're losing Jaron's connection there, but yeah, it was it was fun running into him and and his buddies. Saw the picture. Yeah, the, the the pregame plaza. By the way, pregame plaza. Yeah. It was hard. I like to go pick out the most obscure jerseys that I see. It's hard when everyone's got a jacket on and they're kind of just standing around. A Fwad Revez jersey from the early 90s. The Vikings kicker from the early 90s. So a Fwad Revez. It might have actually been Fwad Revez. Not 100% sure. Beat the the Packers in the Metrodome on like a Thursday night in 94 or so on a game, I believe, that was on TNT. Back when TNT had football rights. That's what I remember about Fwad the most. Yeah, TNT. Didn't they have have Sunday Night Football, I think? Yeah, I think it was, but I think it was like a Thursday night special. Okay. Because I was in a bar and it was definitely a Thursday night. (laughs) A little thirsty Thursday for early early 90s. (laughs) Exactly. All right, who do we got? Who do we got next here, Declan? All right, let's let's go to Greg. Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, boys. You know, I've watched you guys, listened to you guys for like 20 years. Well, not Dex, but I used to watch Judd when he came back to the Vikings after covering the pack. And for years, I thought he was a Packer mole just spying on the Vikings. But I want to get away from that. I just want to let you know that I'm North Ontario, the hometown of your favorite hockey coach, Mike Yo, is from this town. Yeah, let's be fair. Let's bring Yo back here, okay? Just fire <laughs> one, of many fire, one of many former wild coaches now. This team, could use, this team could use a young, feisty coach to break a stick in half at practice, okay? That's what I need. No, I, I'm a media guy in North Bay, and I've been here many times back in the past. Anyway, this is just typical Vikings. They're just cracking up about how, you know, it's they have a quarterback that is an ad libber, and they give him a tight grip. It's like having Kirk run the offer. It doesn't make any sense to me. From the middle point of the – I'm sorry, I should turn my audio down. 
Good ending for the group. Whoa. Whoa. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. But I'll make it short this week. From the midpoint of the Saints game, they just basically tried to play like boring stage football playing on teams. You got to add limits. You can't make square people go around hole. Well, that's what's going on here. The play call was for the Bucks. They had to win this ugly, horrible football game, and they got conservative at the end, and you could just see it coming. Yeah, no, I think Greg brings up a good point about it does, it does feel like, and we kind of talked about this earlier, Okay, now we've got some time here after the Atlanta game. Learn the playbook. So you're going to learn Kirk's playbook. But then they kind of said, "But okay, we'll do, we'll do the Kirk playbook with like Hawkinson under center for one of the plays, and we'll do a little pitch out this way. I think they got scared off some of the more like Dobbs-centric stuff when he fumbled, and there, there was just a couple plays where he took big hits and stuff. So it's almost like they were sprinkling in some fun Dobbs plays, and they went kind of sideways. And so they decided, no, you know what? Let's just let the defense do their thing, and we'll see if if Dobbs can just kind of hand the ball off and find TJ Hawkinson 10 times. Like, it's not him, man. It's not him. Let's keep it rocking here. Who's next? Let's try, let's try Brock again. Brock, what's up, man? You're just hey, muted. Hey, how's it going, guys? Brock go. is outside the stadium right now next to a tailgate lot, it appears. Yeah. Pog Mahomes, you know, you know the spot. Yeah, it's a great spot. Yeah. It's a great, great Irish pub. Yes. Yeah. You know, left the stadium. It was a tough loss. Not, not happy with, not happy with everything. So the only thing is I wanted to get on the air here is I feel like we're being too harsh on the touchdown predictions. When somebody like Dex calls out a Hawkinson, First completion as a as the play. That's a prediction. That's a touchdown. That's a tutty. I want that on the record. That's a tutty. Thank you. That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I think thing- you know, it's that's probably in the gray. I would say. I mean, it's pretty specific. Yeah, yeah it's pretty that's specific. very specific. We're, we're calling a specific play. This is the first completion. I think it's a touchdown prediction. Yeah, I'm calling I'm, okay. that for the listeners more so than. More so than Dex, because I think some listeners need some more tutties. So, calling that out for everyone. We will, Brock. We'll speak to the write that down committee. We will consult lawyer Chase, and we will, we will take it into consideration. Yes. All right, Dex. This is my play to be the last uh, person in 2023 on write that down. Okay. This is my play for that. I'll I'll email you back. I think I got the last spot still open. I'll I'll email you back. Perfect. Perfect. All right. The next thing I want to get on the record is you know. My dogs, Taylor and Swift, they need some extra treats today. So I go with Nutrisource, you know, you got to. You just got to. They need some extra treats after after the loss today. I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, my hottest take is how did the KOC Minnesota Vikings make the Bears look like the 1985 Bears defense? (laughs) We just lost the 1985 (laughs) Bears defense, but it wasn't the Bears. It was the Minnesota Vikings that lost. Yeah, well, we dude, made them look was... like the 1985 Bears. I'm sorry. We really did. Yeah. Was Refrigerator Perry out there roaming around today? I don't know, Once again, the Vikings beat the Vikings. The story yeah. of 2023. Yeah. When they it's... lose, it's often they just beat themselves. It is. Even like against the Chiefs, you know, they win yeah. that game. Seven-point loss with, uh, with a seven-point loss in that one with a turnover that was turned into a touchdown. So, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um. Let's talk about Livia here, Judd, and how 
if you're on top of things, now that Thanksgiving's in the rear view too, there's no excuses. Don't wait till January to lose weight and change your situation. You could just start right now. Start before December. Get a head start on it. Lose weight all month. Guess what? You, you get to Jan 1. You're feeling good. You're looking great. And how about if I told you right now that a special offer has been extended? That's right. Livia's Black Friday offer has been extended. You join today. You know what you're going to do? You're going to save up to 50%. That's right. You're going to save up to 50%. You're going to give yourself the gift of weight loss. And it's this simple. Just go to livea.com. Or call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia Weight Control Centers. This is a limited-time offer, so join now. Uh, voted Minnesota's Best Weight Loss Program three years in a row. And again, join today. Get 50% off. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com is going to be your ticket to weight loss and feeling great by the time New Year's rolls around. Amen, gentlemen. Um, I think that's a wrap here on Vikings Vent Line, Purple Daily let, YouTube channel. Let Let's just let me let me try this one more time because I just saw him, Kellen. Kellen, you got there, us. There he is. Kellen, can you hear us? Oh, oh we, we can't, can't hear you, man. Kellen. It was was this not meant to be? I don't think it's meant. I don't to be. think so. I don't think it was. We'll try to get Kellen next time here. We tried three times. Can't get the audio to work. The lighting was awesome, Kellen. It was great lighting. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Your that lighting awesome. is pretty good there inside the stadium, too. Yeah, with with no frontal light, too. It's just all from up above me. This is really impressive. The Vikings spare no expenses. It's too bad their offense didn't operate as well as the press box lighting. Yeah, they might have to spare an expense in a couple weeks to score a touchdown. They're going to have to shut one of these lights off to help get uh, Josh Dobbs some help or something. Nick Mullins, maybe. And now they don't play at home. What are they? Are they two and four at home? Right? Yeah, yes. I think that's correct. So they maybe it's good that they don't here. play at home for like a month because they go bye week and yeah. then two road games out of the gate. So you got the bye week, Raiders, Cincinnati, and Jake Browning, right? Yeah. Against the former third string but Viking if you QB. Can, if you can lose at home, this is what's like maddening about this team. You can rattle off a bunch of wins and get back in and dig yourself out from an 0-3 hole, but then if you can lose at home to the Bears in a game in which the Bears don't score a touchdown, you I can lose to anybody. Saying, yeah. So oh, yeah. that Raiders game, that Bengals game with Jake Browning, like who knows what's going to happen at this point. Just schedule the damn game. Can we have, it? Can we have a start time? You it's keep on the saying Bengals that. Games. You know what? It's Dude, on two they, different do, days. If, if they just said Saturday okay. TBD, I would be fine with deck. this. It's pick on two day. different days. Pick a day it's, for the it's, game. It's two mediocre teams. Pick a GD game. What does it matter? I'll tell you. Pick a time. Pick a time. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the same thing I told Dawn when I started to cover the Packers in 2003 and said I wouldn't be home for Thanksgiving. And she said, they don't take that day off. It's Thanksgiving. And I said, no. the NFL doesn't care about you, me, or anybody else. All they care about is the fact that when they play the game, we're going to have to be there. Yeah, but you know I what? Will. At least you know in advance. That's fine. There's a game on Thanksgiving. Yeah, th- th- that's, I'm that's saying fine. They don't, this is December they don't 15th operate. and 16th against Jake Browning, Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins, or Jaron Hall. Team what, what, and it might be, what are, what are we overthinking here? Put and it, it might at be noon the most on whatever game day. of your lifetime. You never know. It could be huge. Oh, my God. It's absurd. <laughs> I'm on Team Dexter. Pick I mean, a day for the damn a, football a, game. Let us know. I'm not defending okay. him. I'm saying they just yeah, don't care. 
They don't care. They don't care about us. Look at this. We've got. We're just now. We're yelling about the schedule or like. Well, Declan's been mad about this for. Declan's been pissed about this for a a month and a half. Since it came out in May, I know it's like wait a second. Yes, he's been ticked about it because he's trying to make plans. But it is trying to make plans. The schedule came out in May, and we're sitting here two weeks before the game. It's like just tell us when the game is. For God's sake, you've had seven months to tell us when the game is. If Jake Browning against Dobbs or Mullins is not a Sunday noon start, then something's wrong with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't give it any. Sure. Don't put this. I mean, tonight, tonight, the country's eyes are bleeding after seeing that crap. Dude, how many more times they had do to the watch Vikings that. have to lay an egg on national TV? The Vikings need like a year off from primetime games. They just, just you know what, just... Just do like what the, the Lions didn't have a primetime game for like 20 years, right? Maybe the Vikings need just like a year off. Just no Monday night games next year. Just get, get your hey, what, obligatory Thursday game and that's it. Was this a Manning cast night too or no? I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't know. Thank God. Good. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that those two brothers didn't have to watch this garbage. Boy, yeah, they would have I'm sure Buck and Aikman were not happy, so... By the way, I mean, Mike, Joe God. Buck, friend of the show, if you missed the interview, Joe Buck made his debut on Purple Daily. If you're looking to end the day on a high note, he was great. And he even talked in depth about just sort of uh, the way he felt now looking back in retrospect about that famous Moss Mooning call and how everything has sort of come around full circle. So check it out. Thank you guys for making Purple Daily one of the inexplicably most popular football podcasts in America um, and for joining us on this therapy edition oh of Vikings Vent Line. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 9 a.m. Central Time for our hottest Vikings take, uh, uh, hottest Vikings takes, I should say, and a pie chart of blame from yours truly. See you guys.